welcome everybody to the weekend edition of the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network, and we've been telling you this for two years. Conservatives, conservative media outlets have been saying there is something going on with Hunter Biden and that laptop. There is incriminating evidence on the laptop that would incriminate both Hunter and perhaps his father. For two years, the Democrat media complex has been pushing this uh, Russia disinformation hoax. They say there's nothing there. There's no there there. But now the New York Times comes out today and admits the Hunter Biden laptop is real. Not a Russian hoax. It's real. Because the Times confirmed it. Now, I guess CBS News had to confirm it. But people were actually removed from social media for even discussing this during the election. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the rest of them, they took people off. You couldn't even discuss it. Breitbart put it that left-wing media outlets break stories that right-wing media outlets broke more than a year ago and were punished for breaking. Absolutely true. Now, we know Hunter Biden paid the IRS a million dollars last year. He was attempting to evade conviction or a long sentence. So the IRS was looking into some financial dealings. We know that. Nobody is talking about the Biden's financial dealings, both Biden's. Well, at least Hunter's financial dealings in the Ukraine, his time uh, at Burisma, and his uh, financial dealings in China and in Russia. There's something there. I'm not saying this invasion, the Russian invasion, is over Hunter Biden's or Joe Biden's uh, past in, in Ukraine, but it's a possibility that nobody is discussing. So we know Hunter Biden is, uh, is, a, is an unsavory character. And, you know, the young man is, I say young, he may be in his mid-40s. He's got a Harvard uh, education. He's Ivy League educated. I believe in Harvard, uh, has a law degree, but has never really reached his potential. And he's not alone. A lot of people don't reach their potential, but a lot of people don't aren't, aren't filmed or videotaped uh, having sex with the prostitutes or having children out of wedlock. He's got a three-year-old by, I forget, some some model. And again, he's not the only one to do that. He, he likes crack cocaine or did. So you can not reach your potential, but you don't have to be involved in all that stuff. So Hunter Biden, that story's out there. Uh, there's also re- a credible report yesterday, we heard this in Albany, that Andrew Cuomo is is actually thinking about challenging Kathy Hochul for the Democratic nomination for governor. And uh, one of my colleagues and I were discussing this. I mean, you talk about chutzpah. Uh, so he's so arrogant and so egotistical. And those are his good points. I mean, it's too soon. If, he were to, if I were him, and thank God I'm not, why would I want to run so soon? Does he think he does think people, evidently New Yorkers, are stupid? And most of them are, because look at the Democrats. They run everything. Most of New York, the, the voting populace, is uh, is not that clued in to put somebody somebody like that in office. Here's a guy who has this book deal. I forget how much he's made on the book deal, but he used state workers. The allegation is, anyway, that he used state workers to help him write the book. And, of course, the state workers were on the clock which is, uh, is is against the rules. But if you're Andrew Cuomo, you get to bend the rules. I can't believe this guy's even thinking of it. There was there was talk about a month ago of him maybe running for attorney general, a post he held, you know, 15, 18 years ago. And uh, maybe he was thinking that that was a way for him to get back into the, uh, into the limelight. But he's going to challenge Hochul. We read yesterday somewhere from a reliable source. And I hope he does. I think once, I, I think he will. I think because of his, his arrogance and his, uh, there's a word I can't think of, 
he just is, uh, he's not really in touch with reality. He's kind of disconnected with, with the people he is trying to once again serve. Or he thinks they for, we've forgotten about what he's doing. He's, he's been cleared, I guess, of, uh, of the sexual wrongdoing, but not of the rest of it. The book deal and there's some other shady things with a nursing home scandal that is uh, hanging over him and will continue to, to dog him for the rest of his life, I think. I hope his political career is over. But in New York State, who can say? You never know. But I, I mentioned at the top, I think, that there's like this, there's like a circus-type atmosphere to everything the news today. There's so much misinformation and, frankly, disinformation out there. You don't know what's true and what's not true. As former President Trump said, it's, it's fake news. There's so much of it. Now, when you're dealing with politics, as I've been talking about this for 30 years, a lot of it is based on, uh, you know, lies and innuendo and image and, and all this other stuff. But back in the old days, even in the days of Reagan and before that, at least there was some semblance of truth to when a politician made a statement. There was a shred of truth in it. They, they just outright lie to you and they expect you to, to believe the lies. And I think we have Donald Trump to thank for, uh, I guess, uh, you know, making things more clear to most Americans because he cut through the crap. You know, he was direct. Uh, all his answers to some of these questions weren't nuanced. He just told you what he was thinking. And I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what the left-wing media says. He never lied to us. I don't believe he lied. I think he's been forthright. And I think that's why a lot of middle America loves Donald Trump. Not likes him, they love him. Because he's different in that regard. Most politicians, they give you a nuanced kind of an answer. They, they know the patter. They know the right things to say, when to say them, how to say them. Trump is, he's terse. He's blunt at times, and he's, he's direct. Now, I'll give you an, an example. The, the, the consummate politician is Joe Biden. 48 years, I don't know how long he's been in Washington. Too long, much too long. Back in the 70s, he was a senator. He was in his uh, 30s, early 30s, perhaps. And he said a week or two ago, he was in Philadelphia. Inflation's at 8% at, at a 45-year high, perhaps the highest rate ever. And it's getting worse. And the reason it's getting worse is because the government is spending too much money. It's printing too much money. That's happened throughout the last you know, 20 or 30 years, but it's really ratcheted up under this administration. Biden was at a, a political event in Philadelphia. He said that he, he had his fill of hearing Americans blame government spending for inflation. Then he went on to say that uh, government spending is not the cause of inflation. He said Putin is, the, is responsible for our inflation. It's Putin's fault. It's the, the, the oil companies. Price gouging. That's what's causing this. The timeline doesn't add up, folks. He wants Americans to believe that Putin and the oil, oil companies are responsible for the inflation. U.S. inflation began climbing nine months before Putin ever chose to invade Ukraine. But he's making, you know, Putin the boogeyman over everything. Again, outright lies. And he's, he's expecting Americans to, to believe it. I mentioned the, uh, the circus-type atmosphere, the absurdity of some of these stories. There was a report, I, I read this on Yahoo News, which ought to tell you something, that Elon Musk has challenged Vladimir Putin to a fight. And I didn't even read the story. I saw the headline. I saw Putin, or... Uh, I saw Putin's face too, but Elon Musk, and I mean, I, my money would be on Putin. Now, Putin's about 70, and I don't know how old Elon Musk is. He may be in his 40s, early 50s, maybe. 
I don't know if he's done boxing in his in his youth or whatever, but what makes him think he can take on Vladimir Putin, who is 70? And I wouldn't want to tangle with Putin, to be honest with you. But that's the, the point is, I didn't even read it because it's not worth reading. It's ridiculous. It's it's unbelievable. There's so much stuff out there, stories like that. For instance, there was a, a report in World Net Daily that Russia wants Alaska back from America as part of this some reparations deal. And I and I wrote about this, and the column's going to be up later today on the uh, on the BMG network under the PAC perspective. It's it's true. It's propaganda. I mean, the, the Russians are saying, and Putin is saying that they went into Ukraine because of uh, some neo-Nazi movement or something in Ukraine. It's it's nonsense. I don't. I'm not an expert on the Ukraine, as I've said. I'm not going to even speculate as to why. Putin is in there. There could be any number of reasons. It could be a culmination of, of sorts. Uh, you know, the Ukraine wanting to join the EU and NATO. That's, I mean, he has stated, and I put that in my column, Putin has stated that's one of the issues. That's one of the sticking points. If Ukraine gives up this desire to join the EU and NATO, then maybe they, they can negotiate and end this conflict. Anyway, but this rhetoric has reached a, a new a low, I would put it, one Russian lawmaker, he's demanding the U.S. give back Alaska, part of a reparations deal that will be required, according to a report in the Daily Beast originally, and reprinted here in the World Net Daily. Oleg Matvichev, a member of the Russian parliament known as the Kremlin's spin doctor, said we should be thinking about reparations from the damage caused by the sanctions and the war itself, because that too costs money and we should get it back. He said the return of all Russian properties, those of the Russian Empire, the Soviet Union, and current Russia. He went on and, you know, so on and so forth. But he continued, this guy's a member of parliament. Some, the, the, the host on this TV show he was on said, are you including Alaska and Fort Ross? So this uh, Matvechev said that that was my next point, as well as the Antarctic. We discovered it, so it belongs to us. Also, all the uh, the return of all the medals that have been unlawfully taken from our sportsmen during the Olympic Games, and on, you know, so on and so forth. It's it's nuts. Not, none of that's going to happen. And I don't know if Putin has designs in other countries, as a lot of people are, are speculating. People high up in our government are saying that he wants to reconstitute the old Soviet Union, and he's going to start with Ukraine and move into Poland and all this other stuff. That's not going to happen. They don't have the capabilities to do that militarily. Militarily, they may have the capability, but their economy would never sustain such an effort. And there's, you know, he's as far as using tactical nuclear weapons as he's been threatening to do. I mean, he's saber rattling. Uh, a lot of people are jumping to conclusions here. Getting back to the uh, to, to things that issues that really affect New Yorkers uh, and all Americans, for that matter, the price of gasoline, the inflation which is creeping up, and violent crime. Nobody talks about violent crime, especially here in New York State. It's a big quality of life issue. And the state budget is due in a couple of weeks. Kathy Hochul introduced her budget a week or two ago. She's calling for $216 billion, up from $212 billion in the current year. And as happens every year, the uh, Democrats in the legislature tack on to the budget. So the Democrats in the Assembly want $226.4 billion. And, they, you know, all this money, they're flush, the state is, with uh, federal uh, dollars, pandemic relief money, $12 billion, I guess, is one figure I heard this week. And, uh, but the proposal that the Democrats are putting forth, I'm not going to bore you with all the numbers, but 
It spends $73 billion more than the state budget we had five years ago. And they got money in there for everything from electric school buses to college tuition for, for prison inmates, tax credits for undocumented illegals. All that's going to be paid for by you and me. Electric school buses? I don't, I don't have the breakdown here, but a tuition for inmates. I mean, it's just nuts. And they'll get it. Because Hochul's going to sign on to it, probably. She's a Democrat. Tax credits for illegals. I mean, this is this is why that 322,000 New Yorkers hit the exits last year. That's a lot of people to lose. And they, they were good people. They're no doubt young families, people who are high earners. They probably said enough's enough. I don't want to be I don't want to stay here and get socked with all these high taxes. The people we import are not the best and brightest, unfortunately. Nothing against them, and this can be documented. We lose the good people, we import fruit pickers. I mean it's 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 crazy. All right, uh, that's about all we have time for, folks. Thank you very much. If you want to uh, go on the BMG Network, check out some of the fine programming we have there. Ken Burns does a weekly show, The Ken Burns Show, which is up there. Very interesting. He He's uh, eclectic. He touches on many different topics, and he does a good job with it. And uh, check out uh, Kenny's show. And also the Adrian Ross Show, which I believe airs Tuesdays. This show, Pac-Man, airs every Wednesday. And then we have my daughter Madeline with The Essentials with Maddie Flint. I believe that airs on Fridays. So a, a lineup of really good programming. It's enlightening and hopefully entertaining and informative. And we have columns up there for you. As I mentioned, the PAC perspective. I, I try to write a weekly column, and I have one up there this week on, on the Ukraine and my take on it. So check out the programming. If you like what you heard today, just hit the like button. Hit subscribe and share. Share this on Facebook and other social media outlets because, uh, frankly, I need the money. And that's all. I got a daughter in college, another one looking at colleges. And uh, anyway, this is the BMG Network. And if, if you want to contact me directly, you can do that via email, pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at thebmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. Again, I'm Ted Flint, and we'll talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.